Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Hack to Start, a podcast that focuses on amazing people who have an interesting story or perspective to share and their insights on how they got to the level of success they have today. Thanks for joining Tyler and I for another episode. This is episode 113, and today we'll be chatting with Artie Aramanesh, the co-founder and chief of staff at Affinio, an advanced marketing intelligence platform that leverages the interest graph to understand today's customers. Artie is originally from Moran and moved here to study engineering. Having always had a passion for business and how businesses are started, he quickly discovered the beginnings of the work that would become the Lean Startup Framework by Steve Blank and Eric Ries. Artie was eventually connected with a few local founders and joined them in building a lean product lab called 26 Ones. Affinia was born from a constant challenge they would inevitably face when trying to identify potential groups of customers online and through social media. Artie joins us to share more about his story, how Affinio approached getting their first customers, why and how it's so important to test everything, what he's currently focused on, and much more. So once again, we'd like to welcome you to the show. Feel free to tweet us at hack to start drop us an email at heyadhacktostart.com, or share your feedback in iTunes with a review, good or bad, we'd love to hear from you. We'd also love to invite you to check out Fireside Conference this September 9th through 11th. Fireside Conference is an invite-only and off-the-grid retreat with the brightest minds in the Canadian tech, startup, and entrepreneurship community. You can check out the full lineup of amazing speakers and guests at firesideconf.com. That's firesideconf.com or on Twitter at firesideconf. Register and save an extra 25% off with the promo code HACK when registering. Thanks for listening and let's get started. Hey, Artie. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Franco. Thanks, Tyler. Pleasure. My pleasure to be here, man. Yeah, absolutely. It's our pleasure to have you. We're super excited uh, to learn more about you and, and what you're doing at Affinio. So before we dive into that, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself, things like where you're from and, and what you studied? Oh, yeah, for sure, man. Uh, again, I'm originally from Iran, Tehran. I came to Canada in 2004. That kind of my kind of journey in Canada started. I I had a really good background in math and uh, statistic, and I was like, okay, my dad is engineer. I have to study engineering as well. I did that for a couple of years. I think it was really boring. It wasn't my type of school, I said. And after that, I changed my major to business and commerce, uh, focusing more on the entrepreneurial entrepreneurial study and uh, business management. And after that, uh, I graduated undergrad, and uh, I was like. A, at six months, I was looking for a job. I couldn't find that something I was looking for. And I got fascinated with the whole computer science and tech industry app and all that stuff that kind of pushed me towards doing the computer science, especially in the master program. And uh, I found a great master program was kind of focusing on electronic commerce and data mining. And uh, it was under computer science program as well. And it was fun. And I started that program. After two years, I finished my master on the computer science and uh after that was the good story of the, the doing startup, I guess. That's cool. That's super cool. So how did your passion for entrepreneurship, you know, develop? Where did that come from? Was it uh, a family relative, anything like that? It's fine. Uh, not really. My dad was kind of engineer. He always working for a big corporation and big companies. I had a few friends that, which is they were owning few venture back home. I was helping out with sales and kind of marketing stuff back in the days when I was like between 14 to 16 years old. Lots of door to door sales and all that type of kind of activity. 
I really, I'll be honest with you guys. I didn't know what was the entrepreneurship is and what is it about. How can I create a company? And I had no clue. And uh, when I came to Canada again, my whole focus was okay. Let's study engineering and just get a degree and go work for a big corporation. But uh, overall, I always had the passionate to create something, to find something to improve. And I was amazed with process of how businesses run. And I had a chance to do a couple of adventure in Canada as well. I was always amazed like how that process worked. How even even in the school when they were talking about Walmart or Apple of the world, I always fascinated was like how these guys start in early days. It's fun to study right now how they manage or how they operate, but I think the fun part is like yeah, they were start up one day and to me that that was always fascinated me and I was kind of pushing my passion towards like how can I create something to be something massive one day. Yeah, absolutely. It's always interesting to see how those big companies, you know, started, got their start. And, and I'm also, I love, you know, reading stories, reading books about the founders, about the companies and seeing how they've grown into, you know, what we take for granted almost today that, you know, Nike's a big company or Apple's a big company. Um, yeah. it, it's definitely crazy. I know that's exactly what it is, but mostly in the school, they're focusing on how they are amazing, how they're big companies and nobody focusing that much on the early days, how they started. I think that's a better story to tell. Absolutely, for sure. And so, you know, kind of taking back to, to, to what you were telling us before, um, you know, being in school, doing an MBA. So, you know, during that time, you actually helped launch and teach a class on lean methodology. And then you became the co-founder of a company called 26 Ones. Can you tell us a little bit more about that startup and what, you know, it was all about and, and some of the biggest lessons learned from that experience? After again, I'm going back a little bit uh, when how I got into the startup. It was when I was doing my master in computer science. I was almost finishing. I had a co-op to do. I got a job offer from Target Toronto back in the days. They are not here in Canada anymore, which is fun. Uh, I got a job in Toronto office as a senior data analyst. And I was really pumped because, again, that was a dream job. with lots of data mining, lots of data to play around with it. And uh, it was. I had a flight book on Thursday to go in Toronto actually uh, get that job. And uh, Tuesday afternoon, my prof just send me a random email. He said, there's a local startup. They want to talk to you if you are interested. Uh, they have an open opportunity. They want to talk to you. I was like, yeah, sure, man. I'm leaving on Thursday. I think I have a whole Wednesday to talk about. I went I uh, met our current CEO and CTO, which is they own the different startup. And they had the app, they call it Tether.com, which was like a BlackBerry app. And they sold more than half a million copies of that with three people. And uh, he was telling me the story, how they did it, how they started. I, that kind of fascinated me. I was like, man, this is really cool. And again, I was thinking back of my head, okay, I can get that target job all the time, but I don't think so. I'm going to have this opportunity to join this company and learn as much as I can. And I accept their offer and I stay in Halifax instead of moving to Toronto. And uh, that startup was very fun. We did it for uh, almost a year and... Uh, Beside that, our CEO was recommending me lots of book in about startup, how to create, how to build a company, and then a new methodology, which is Steve Blank and Eric Ries were talking about was Lean Startup. Based on that, uh, I read that book, and me and him were talking, man, we should create a company based on this. We should because we had a great team. We were like four guys, and we all had a different background and discipline, and we were all fascinated by building cool stuff. But again. Building stuff, as all you guys know, is not cool enough. You have to just go validate it, test it, do lots of customer discovery and customer validation to figure out that idea is worth it or no. 
based on that, we pitched that to our one of our prof uh, in Dal, and he got actually fascinated too. Three months later, we were in California. Uh, I did uh, two weeks training with Steve Blank and Eric himself. It was lots of fun. It was lots of good learning. And we came back. We launched a course called Starting Lean. Beside that, we opened a company called 26.1. 26.1 was basically five guys with different backgrounds of tech, hardware, software, design, front end and back end, kind of building stuff, testing it. And if it does work, work. If it doesn't, let's kill the idea. Let's move to the next one. And uh, Finu kind of born through that uh, 26.1 process, which was building the product. Let's go test it in the market. Let's do the customer discovery. Is it worth it to pursue it or no? And just go back, do it again. It was it was really fun uh, time during that time. Oh yeah, that's super cool. So Finio came out of twenty six ones. Yeah, Finio basically came through the pain point we had. Again, when we building these kind of ideas, and uh, even the current the last startup that we had, Tether, we always had the same problem. It was kind of finding where our customers are, on, especially online. Again, finding those in the kind of channel of the acquiring customers, where to target them, where they hang out. Again, this was all over it. Again, uh, our Tether, we hit almost half a million users and we kind of, the app was dying because BlackBerry ecosystem was dying too. And we were trying to acquire a new user from different channels. But again, that was the biggest challenge in all the startup we did. It was like, how can I find a group of or cluster of the people that kind of can target or kind of bring, uh, acquire them as a customers. During that time, social data for us was a big play because we had almost 20,000 Facebook fans for Tether and around 15,000 Twitter followers. And uh, we looked at the market. Uh, it was all the tool they were in the market was all kind of listening to people, like what Frank or Tyler is saying. Not usually there was any tool that kind of showing what you guys follow and how you guys choose to connect with other people. That's basically how Finio born. And uh, we kind of start the mining, the interest graph and data mining behind that. And uh, our CTO is an amazing guy. He's a very talented individual. And our CEO is a great visionary as well. And I was happy to join these two individuals and just kind of building this company. That's awesome. And before we dive more into, you know, Afinio and, and what you're doing there, I just want to yeah. ask you, where did, where did the name 26 ones come from? <laughs> you're going to laugh, man. It was our Wi-Fi password. <laughs> <laughs> no way. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it was a default Wi-Fi password that was like, or was it just the one that you guys came up with? I uh, we just came up with, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. It was kind of okay, man, because, uh, man, during 26 one, we, we were working parallel of 20 product. Again, from hardware, from the software, some of the portal you're going to laugh. It was like a lobster scanning system or scallop shocking system. Or we had an app that connect to your uh, uh, kind of drone. It was all kind of stuff, man. And we were building lots of cool stuff and we were kind of going out there trying to validate the market and to find the customers for it. It was lots of, it was lots of fun to 26 one. I think this is something that is a good model to replicate and use it for future reference as well. That sounds like so much fun, like just going in and working on, you know, projects that you're passionate about. And it's, and it's really cool that Finio was, uh, was built out of, uh, 26.1. So as you mentioned, you're the, currently the co-founder and chief of staff of Affinio. For those who may not know, can you tell us a bit about, uh, what Affinio is and what really motivated you to start it? Finio, again, if you want to go to the pitch side, is the marketing intelligent platform, which is mined uh, social data. 
And what we do, we find what how we mine graph data and we show how people are connected to each other. I can go deep and explain what we do in for each vertical. But the whole company start to kind of trying to solve our own pain point. And again, finding new customers, finding influencers or finding all uh, or how to create a content to acquire customers. All these type of strategy all is coming back to understand your customer, understand your audience, audience you have in social or in any other channel. And when we looked to the market, it was all about listening. Imagine like a Franco talking about all about podcasts and startup, but in the back, he's following NBA, he's following Raptors, and kind of you can see he's a basketball fan. At the end, if you want to connect with those individuals, you have to understand those passion point and the interest, the interest graph of the people that if you want to connect with them, if you want to create a content strategy, if you want to push ads or any kind of strategy, if you want to target them, having those interest graph or having those passion point is is very valuable data. And when we did that, basically, when we we also use our own platform to acquire user too. We find kind of group of people that kind of we were assuming they're gonna be our uh, customers. We push ads, and our inbound all of a sudden went from two to five hundred. And Johnny can speak to that. John was doing lots of demo every day. That's amazing. So, how did you and your co-founder approach building the first version of the application? <laughs> first version of the application, man, it's funny. It was this. CSV file. <laughs> uh, yeah. It was basically we were selling the CSV file to the customers and uh, it was basically a list of the Twitter handle or list of the Facebook handle. And, but all those kind of CSV file was lots of insight on it. You could find the marketing channel that you never knew about. You could find influencer. You could find bloggers. You could find all different type of the insight that you are looking for your marketing purposes. And we were selling that uh, basically CSV file. And in a side, we did lots of mock-up too. We designed lots of fake stuff to show it to the customers. Is this something you're interested? This is something that you really want. And then based on that, the CSV file converted to the PDF, uh, very like a good formatted PDF. And after PDF, after that, lots of interview and talking, getting the feedback, we built our first front-end version of our app. But again, the whole progress was amazing. But for now, it's like it's a different platform. It's a really big enterprise level platform. That's amazing. I love the, the Excel sheet to PDF in the early days. Uh, that, that, that's really cool to see. So as we mentioned earlier, John was actually on the show uh, a couple weeks back and spoke briefly about getting product market fit and acquire some of your first customers. So what was this first period like from your perspective? And were there any tactics that you can share with us today on how you got some of the early customers on the platform? Uh, we hired John exactly that we were in the middle of defining our product market fit. And um, again, uh, going back, give a little bit the uh, history on John. Me and our CEO were his mentor. And this guy was uh, in the starting link class. Tall guy, blonde, uh, long hair, very surfer, dude looking guy. <laughs> but again, this guy was hustling, lots of cold calling. And he was kind of knocking every doors to actually go and talk to the uh, talk to anybody to just get a couple of feedback on the product or anything that's why kind of we me and uh, our ceo get fascinated by him and he was our first hire in the product market fit stage the only comment i can say man, we had lots of talk we we target everybody we almost sometimes we had between 30 to 50 conversation every week and it's a really emotional stage because uh, some people praise your product and some people just like, man, this is, they tell you this is the worst idea they ever heard. 
Uh, it's good to be patient. It's good to be kind of uh, be team player as a team, make it through that process because I find it uh, some of our, again, we all had a frustration during that period, but it was a really fun. We talking to 40 to 50 people every week, trying to get a feedback, trying to find their pain point, trying to find a problem that worth solving for them and basically the, uh, tailor your solution towards them. The tactics we use, again, uh, overall, as again, the only recommend I can say, man, talk as many people you can and just targeted people as well. Again, uh, we were creating lists in terms of finding, okay, I think this title might help. We had no idea. Uh, I was like, man, we had like five to maybe 20 persona to target. And uh, we actually did it. We actually target those 20 persona, talk to them every day, talking about the problem they had in their day-to-day activity and or is it our solution good fit for them or no? To me, again, as much as having a conversation is going a long way. Lots of people just talking about, okay, let's build a product, bring them, test it, and if it works, works. That's a different strategy. But for us, it was kind of, okay, man, let's fake a couple of mock-up, send them. Is it going to, even they're going to even respond to your email or no? And is it your messaging aligned with them? And uh, trying to understand all that type of stuff. When you actually hit to find a couple of people that have the same problem and actually paying for that solution that you have, then I think is easy process. You're going to go find more of those guys and trying to scale it up. That's really cool. So, so how long was a period for you guys to, to find the product market fit? Um, and, and how long, you know, talking to those customers? Yeah, that's a great question. Again, that period, I had some men, we had a day, we almost say, man, I think we made it. We have a billion dollars in that, a billion dollars company. And the day after, I think, oh no, we need to shut down. This period was all, for me, again, it's dependent on other co-founders, what they think. But for us, it was between uh, 16 to 18 months. Mm-hmm. That kind of, we were doing this process constantly, almost every day. Again, you need the capital for sure to survive. We were lucky that we had the capital from our old uh, startup and a small seed round. But again, it took almost 16 months, I'm not going to lie. Wow, that's crazy. As you mentioned, Affinio is a SaaS business. So what are some of the core insights or challenges about SaaS businesses based on your experience that you can share with some of the listeners today who want to go out and start a SaaS business? SaaS business is an interesting one because, again, based on my role, I'm heavy on the metrics. I'm heavy on the data. I'm just kind of crazy about this type of stuff. Again, all SaaS businesses, what I see overall, what challenges those guys have, I think is... They are so in love with their product. Again, to me, product is a part of it, but focusing on the problem you're solving should be more in your day-to-day activity than product. And again, uh, to me, is a stage you go through to find the product market fit. Okay, you hit that. You have a few customers that kind of paying uh, good money for you. That basically hitting that initial traction. But after that is all playbook. There is a, There is basically process for everything you do. There's a process for building a sales team. There's a process building marketing. There's a process for uh, HR and all that stuff is kind of, there's a playbook for it. But before that, focusing on the problem and uh, how big is the problem you're trying to solve, that's the kind of massive part. And I, I don't think so that many people focusing on that. So many people, they are so in love with their product and they believe this product are going to work. They're basically missing the problem, missing the side that, okay, no, the customer pain point is something different that probably your product not going to solve. And to me, this stage of the kind of, we went through that. We were, 
we're in a stage that focuses so much on product. We were selling, we forget about, okay, man, is it our pain port or the problem our customer have is still the same or no? And basically going back to the day-to-day conversation with your customers. And again, you can go and money in the SaaS business, you can burn it so quickly. And you you have to figure out to focus in the right a problem that is in front of you and trying to solve it, solve it. Is a uh, lots of challenges. Again, if you, early days before product market fit and after that is a scaling, of course, there is a lots of challenges on that side. How the sales works, how the marketing work and uh, inbound, outbound strategy and all of that. But what I believe, I think Mark Anderson mentioned it uh, in one of his podcasts or one of his stuff that he was talking about. Uh, in a great market, uh, he was mentioning that a market with a lot of real potential customers, the market pulls product out of the startup. And if you actually go, to, go into the good market, having a good problem to solve, the rest is going to be all operation, is going to be all basically... And uh, focusing to finding those to match together is going to be, I call it problem market fit, but uh, I'm not sure is the term for it, but uh, that's to me is the biggest challenge. And you, as a SaaS business, you have to figure that one out. Those are some great insights. So throughout the show, you've mentioned a lot about big data and just growth marketing. How do you or have you approached making sense of just data for growth or marketing? Uh, that's a good question. Again, big data, again, this is something our company do. This is something I learned in the last three, four years. My background, I love to code. I code here and there. I love some growth story that happening from like a Dropbox and uh, Sean Ellis and all those guys. And the uh, whole marketing to me all fascinated me how to acquire a customer, how to return it, how to grow it and find a new channel to acquire a cheap customer, cost, uh, cost of customer acquisition, all that acquisition strategy and all that stuff. To me, growth, again... Uh, usually focusing on growth in every single function of your organization, to me, that's a key. And what's growth is people usually think is the hack, is the spam that you do or whatever kind of you do, you go from zero to million. But to me, it's the process of the, you have an idea, you put it out there and you get grabbing feedback. It could be your landing page. It could be actually your problem you're trying to solve. It could be your sales strategy. You think your, is it your messaging? Whatever it is, you have an idea, you put it out there. See people give you feedback, your people interact with your people, click on it, whatever it is. And you grabbing those results, do lots of statistics on it, understanding what was working, what wasn't working. And you repeat that process. You're trying to fix it and go back again. Okay, guys, this one worked. For example, we had 5% conversion in your website. How can I make it better? And you're trying to irritate that. And to me, that's a process. This is kind of basically should happen in every organization every day. Basically, you have an idea, put it out there, test it, see the result. Man, that was a bad idea. That was a great idea. Let's irritate it. Let's do it again. And again, data play big roles and I love online because you can test stuff so quickly. I'll tell you a funny story, man. I did that even for our hiring sales. I did it in our HR. I was even testing, bringing two different individual personalities to see which one performed better. And the guys actually performed better. I hired more like him versus the other guy didn't perform better. Again, this stuff you're always testing. And uh, to me, it's growth in more like a, a process versus kind of spamming and just uh, growing. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a funny story too. I like I like that approach to to, to try to figure things out and, and just making making things happen in different areas of the business. So- yeah, again, uh, just quick note on that. Again, I as a founder, man, 
we don't know m- many of the stuff, man. We learn as we go, and uh, it's the best way is just, just test it. <laughs> and again, we are, we know how we're gonna make mistake. We did it. We did it early days. We're still doing it, and even our VP level individual making mistake too. And but at the end, if you test it, if you didn't test it and you made a mistake, that's to me that's a problem. But if you had the idea, you test it, it works, work, but it fails, you learn. You're not gonna make that mistake again. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I'm sure it's changed a lot as the company's grown, but can you talk to us a little bit about your day-to-day role and what it was like, you know, in the different phases of the business, like Angel Seed and Series A? Angel side, again, we had our own startup. We had a little bit of funding. We, it was three of us. And uh, the role, again, in startup, man, I still don't know what is my role. And again, I got chief of staff. I, I, I thought it was cool. But... Uh, Early days, again, uh, I had a chance to work day to day with our CEO and our CTO. And because of my background I had in the marketing and in the dev side, and I understand almost every aspect of it. I know how to code. I understand the marketing. I understand sales. Basically, I'm in every single function. And especially hiring, that's kind of my passion, how to hire the best talent, which is kind of is the best challenge, is the biggest challenge all a startup had. In early days, you do almost everything. You do marketing, you do sales, you do kind of code, you build the prototype, you build a couple of landing pages. You do almost everything the angels did because you are three people. Your CEO actually talking about the vision side, your CTO building the whole engine and machine behind your platform. And you in a side, again, my role was kind of doing everything. Okay, uh, we need to target VCs. This is the list of people we should target. A year ago, we put a campaign on it and start targeting them. And or okay, now we need landing page. We need to test this our messaging. Yeah, let's create a landing page. Let's do that. Or oh, we need to automate our marketing. Let's do that again. You do all that type of stuff. And when you hit seat, okay, you have a little bit of capital to hire a couple of individuals to make your process more efficient. And testing actually early days of your sales team if you if you have a product market fit. But our seed money went to, mostly towards finding that product market fit. And we hired John and a couple of one other that kind of hustle to actually be in New York talking to the real customers, the real people that have money that are going to spend money and find their pain point. But during that time, again, I was involved more in the marketing, mostly in the HR side. I was constantly recruiting and building the list of people I love to work with, which is kind of, I love to do that. I recommend it to every founder out there. Before you start a company, create a list of the people you love to work with. And I had that list and I was trying to hunt them down from all type of startup or big organization. And after that, yeah, did lots of, of that kind of recruiting side. I did lots of Start testing our outbound strategy because we were thinking if you want to scale the sales team, we need to understand our outbound team. And basically, it was only me. And uh, again, doing the outbound campaign, targeting people, basically doing lead gen and doing account executive and doing all that at the same time. And basically, did that model, test it, and oh, it was working. The conversion is too high. I think we can build a sales team. And then you start adding bodies inside that model, that kind of, because you know your number. Okay, I hit that many lead. That was the cost of acquiring customers. Okay, I think I need two more EBRs or two more lead gen guys to help me to scale it up. Basically, it is figuring out that type of the models with those metrics. And when you hit Series A, again, you now have a product function. Your dev function is higher. Now your sales team is a big part of it. I had the pleasure to work with a few of our AEs, uh, account executive early days, not as a VP of sales, gonna say, but uh, 
just kind of working with them, learning so much from them. And when we hire VP of sales, I think that's kind of mind blowing me. Again, I learned so much that when this individual joined and again, it was different. Again, these guys been there, done that. And uh, the whole building, the whole process of the sales team to me, it was fascinating. Series A, basically, you, you have to build your uh, marketing team as well. Now you have HR individual. Now you have finance. Now you have operation. And basically, your CEO is out there pitching the vision to the board. And my role kind of trying to stay basically inside the organization, trying to help all this uh, function hopefully work well, work towards each other, communicate well. If they run into any issue, I'm happy to help them in any type of uh, area. Absolutely. That's pretty cool. So do you have any funny stories, I guess, from over the years about being an entrepreneur or working on a video or anything that, that stands out, you know, in, in particular? <laughs> uh, yeah, I have a funny one. I've, I've got a few of them, but uh, when I started that question, I was laughing so hard. Everybody in the organization, they know about that story, and I'm going to tell you guys. This is the first time everybody knows. Awesome. <laughs> it was early days, man. We were doing lots of outbound email with our CEO and uh, he had a massive conversion, man. He had like, a, he was sending 20, he was getting five to 10 responses. And I was sending between 40 to 50 every day and uh, almost like one responded. I was like, man, something wrong here, something is broken. We use exactly same email template, same messaging, what's wrong? And we were going back and forth. I was, I was telling him, man, I think that's your title. I think that's a CEO title that you're getting lots of people responding to you. And I did the hack. I created an email named Tom Jones, <laughs> just like randomly. And uh, I put the VP in the bottom of my signature. And, and because my name pronunciation is so hard, I thought maybe because of that, people just ignore it. They think it's a spam. And when I changed my name to Tom Jones and I put a VP in the title in the bottom of my email, man, the conversion went through the roof. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I was getting lots of response. I was like, a year ago, that's a cool little hack that I did. <laughs> but I still find it. Uh, and I use that email to actually log into the every competitor and every other product that I was thinking they're going to be probably we're going to go head to head in near future. And they, they did a demo to me. I understand their sales process. I understand their marketing. I understand how their inbound and outbound marketing works. And uh, I use that. I'm still using that email and uh, trying to kind of sneak into any organization to understand how, how they operate, how they function, how their sales process works, how their marketing work and all that. That's crazy. That's what a story. Yeah. Ho ho I mean, hopefully they're, they're, you know, now your secret's out in the open. So who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're going to, you're going to see lots of Tom Jones probably on there. Yeah. You're going to have to let us know what your conversion rate is uh, in, in the coming weeks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or if you get banned from demos or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, exactly. So but, what's next for, for Affinio in the coming months? Any exciting things that you can hint at it or share with us? Uh, yeah, definitely, man. Again, it's been lots of good stuff happening here. Again, uh, joining, uh, just hiring the VP of sales is, I know, in every SaaS startup is a big step. And we already saw that massive impact. Again, Bill, uh, John taking over the CSM side, the customer success function. To me, this is something really new for everybody. And I think John enjoying and loving that function. And these are, again, exciting because these are something new that we are we are seeing even as a founder, again, even hiring the VP level stuff, especially VP of sales was really 
big challenge again when you should do it and again who's how's that individual look like these are all good challenges that are going to come. Big announcement in terms of product is we're going to release a couple of big new features by end of this month. So stay tuned. And uh, again, lots of good stuff. And hopefully uh, another growth stage, another expanding site by January 2017. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. We'll have to we'll have to stay tuned. And, and best wishes. I'm sure you guys are going to just knock it out of the park. I mean, the tool is... It's so cool when you get to when you get to see it. It just blows your mind. So I'm I'm very confident you guys are going to do some some amazing things. Oh, thanks, dude. Thanks, man. For sure. So you know, speaking a lot about the different process and how the role has changed at different stages and and things that you need along the way. What are some of the most recent apps that you've downloaded or things that you keep going back to to help you get the job done? Uh, any 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 cool tools that you would suggest to other entrepreneurs? I guess. That's a good question. Again, uh, latest app I download, man, I, I really can't remember. <laughs> you put me on the spot on that. But uh, again, uh, we use Slack in our organization. I think that's changed the whole communication process on that. But again, uh, tools in terms of early days we did, it was, again, it was lots of homemade tools, like the, like a scraping uh, website or scraping lists and uh, using mechanical torque or uh, outsourcing lots of stuff. But overall, again, in terms of operation stuff, is nothing going uh, more than like a 10 minute standing up, standing meeting every morning with all your team members. And I find that very valuable in any startup or any organization not a long meeting. You don't need a half an hour, one hour meeting, but just like a five, 10 minutes, get an update from each individual and make sure that everybody are uh, doing it. In terms of app, in terms of operation side, uh, again, we, our operation guy, we got a few apps like an agency for our booking travels and all that stuff, Expensify for kind of our expenses and all that stuff. And a few others, mostly on the accounting and finance side, we kind of trying to make that process more automated and less friction in terms of everybody in organization can use those services. That's amazing. So is there any recommendation on just great content that you've come across lately, either a book, video, or a blog post? Definitely. Again, I'm a huge fan of SaaS there. I'm sure everybody knows about SaaS and reading that daily. I think they have a really great content in terms of, again, some of the challenges we have. I can go there and see the solution there. And uh, another great contest, of course, is Thomas Tungus, uh, Redpoint Venture uh, partner. He's a, he's another great, again, his blog post. I can feel and live with it every day because the, some of the stuff that I read, I feel it or I had it, I had a chance to actually go through it the day before. Or the, uh, I'm going to go through it the week after. And these are good content. In terms of book, and for any startup, again, Lean Startup definitely is, uh, highly recommend that book. But if you guys are more into the growth stage and trying to scale, I highly recommend Sales Acceleration Formula by Mark uh, Roberge, uh, HubSpot, and uh, predictive, uh, Predictable Revenue uh, by Aaron Ross, uh, which is another good one. The zero to one, of course, Peter Thiel and Hooked is, this is another uh, awesome book, uh, how to build a habit forming product is really nice product in, ter- in terms of how to build a product actually for individual. And my favorite of all time, I think is hard thing about hard thing, uh, by uh, Ben Horvitz for a 16 venture. He's talking about decision and the process of he went through, uh, through his kind of career. And, uh, sometimes you have to make tough decisions. That's a really good book. I highly recommend it. Yeah, absolutely. Those are all, all amazing reads uh, that we'll definitely make sure we link to. So if people haven't checked them out, they can. 
Do you do you have any last thoughts or personal mottos that you live by and you think other people should know about? Somebody else asked me that question last week. One thing is I can't remember who mentioned that, but basically he was mentioning when you're ready to quit, you're closer than you think. And basically that's for a startup, especially early days. Again, you're going through a lot of emotion and you, you're almost trying to quit. It's just like, no man, this is not working. This is not for me. But if you go step back and look at a broader view, you are really close to what you, what your goal is and what you're trying to achieve. And I always say that be patient and because everything you want is achievable. To me, again, don't ever quit. You're going to be one day closer than what you think. Absolutely. That's an amazing way to end the show. Artie, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us today, man. I really, really appreciate it. It was awesome to have you on the show. Thank you, guys. Again, a big fan, man. Keep, uh, keep killing it, guys. Again, some of this podcast, hopefully you guys are going to get lots of uh, U.S. audience as well. This is something we need in Canada. Again, we have a great uh, talent pool in Canada, man. We have a great startup. And uh, hopefully we're going to kind of make Canada bigger than what it is. Again, I think innovation is a big part of it and um, something is, I'm really passionate. And to me, it solved the whole big, lots of big uh, struggle and uh, challenges we have. I think it's startup and the whole uh, entrepreneurship, we can solve that. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks again, man. Thanks, guys. Well, that's another episode of Hack to Start. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again soon. Remember to check out Fireside Conference this September 9th through 11th. It's an invite-only and off-the-grid retreat with some of the brightest minds in Canadian tech, startup, and entrepreneurship communities. You can see the full lineup of amazing speakers and guests at firesideconf.com. That's firesideconf.com. Use the promo code HACK when registering to save an extra 25%. Remember to check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and on the web at hacktostart.com. We honestly couldn't do it without your awesome support, so please leave us a review on iTunes. Until next week, and we hope you enjoy the show.